We're off to Never Never Land. Hey, Michelle. Geordie, hello. Oh, how's things? <laughs> okay. What What is going on in the world, Michelle? It's just so bad. All bad news these days. I was listening to the news this morning. What do you it mean? Just, well, it sounds like the world's going to hell in a handcart. I know we always say that, but this time I think I'm just hearing nothing but bad news. Do you know what? I'm just going to turn off the radio. That's what I'll do. Turn it off. Eavesdrop instead. The only radio I listen to is in Swedish. And so all you hear is the music and the good stuff. It's, like it's brilliant. Really, I recommend it. Yeah, just listen to a radio station in another country and everything sounds good. I love the sound of that. I'm concerned. I don't know what you mean because I've I've not seen any alerts come up for bad news. What's going oh, on? We'll, we'll just something? keep you in the, keep you in the dark then. Probably best. Probably best not to know. Just all sorts okay. of weird things happening all around the world. Just people killing each other and things. It's not very nice, Michelle. You don't want to know. Stay in that Swedish bubble. <laughs> well, I mean, I have a story for you that's not very nice either oh. today. Well, it's not. It's it's creepy and crazy, but you know. So, eavesdroppers, if you have come here for a good news day, then I'm really sorry about that, but it ain't gonna happen. By the way, I'm Geordie, <laughs> and I'm Michelle. And do you know what? I think I think they will have a good time, even though I'm talking about the creepy and the sleazy and the weird. You're still going to be on a, a, a ride. A good ride. Well, sounds like a party. Sounds like a party. <laughs> yes, let's have that party. whoop de doo I've been so focused on the weird thing that I'm going to talk to you about. It's insane. Have you been immersed? I have been immersed and I've been talking to other people about it and it's amazing. Once you start talking about one thing, people have all their own stories. So I've got bits for next episodes coming right out of my behind. Wow, Michelle, it sounds like a virus or something. <laughs> no, yeah, not. something that you need to take a few days out lying down in a dark room for. <laughs> well, that's interesting because obviously we've both got stories to tell each other today because this week's theme, my lovely eavesdroppers, is cults. Yep, it is. Cults. Whenever I say cults, it I feel like... Cults. Yes, really. It sounds cunty, culty and cunty. It's very <laughs> close together. So yes, I've been talking to Swedish people about cults and I got a few strange looks and I thought they think I'm talking about something else. I beg your pardon. What did you say to me? <laughs> That's no good. I was actually going to ask you a question, Michelle. Have you ever heard of that expression, love bombing? Yes, I have. Because we use it a lot on this podcast, in fact. Do we use it a lot? I don't know. I mean, I've obviously heard we have said it. I think we've probably said it. People get love bombed. Probably in, in the episodes where we talk about fraudsters who are, you know, like the Tinder exactly. swindler, people yep. love bombing. Yeah. Yeah. So anything to do with fraudsters or any kind of, we have spoken before about relationships where there's that chip chip away, that frog in the frying mm. pan, love bombing to get people to be complacent. It's where as a recipient, you receive excess attention, affection, and ultimately made to feel completely dependent upon the person who is love bombing you. And you feel obligated to that person. Mm. And it's described as psychological manipulation in order to create a feeling of unity within the group against a society which is perceived as hostile. This phrase was coined 
a long time ago. You might feel like it's just a new kind of hip word that we're using these days, but actually it was first used in the 70s and it was coined by members of the Unification Church of the United States, a.k.a. the Moonies. The Moonies, bloody hell. The Moonies in Australia, I don't know. I didn't even realise it was, you know, a worldwide thing. I just thought Moonies was Australian. Because do you remember back in the day, there was always someone's sister who'd run off with the Moonies and your parents would always say, oh, you know, oh, the Moonies this, the Moonies that. And it sounded sounded kind of cool, like, oh, what's a Moonie? We don't want you to go and join the Moonies. Yeah. Yeah. But then you found out all about the Moonies. Well, before 9-11 and the war on terror, the Moonies and other cults were really the only thing that most people in the Western world were most afraid of. It was the big bad, the big kind of unknown thing that was infiltrating society, taking our teenagers, taking our young people away. And then they were having to send people out after them to get them back. And they're just that's a cult. It is a the cult. Rise of the cult. It is, but they, but they yeah. all have this um, umbrella of it's a religion. But it's not a fucking religion. It's well, a cult. Exactly. <laughs> it's a cult. You can make up a religion. And, well, I wonder if religion's a cult then. I, I don't know. What differ- differentiates a religion from a cult? That's a very interesting. Do you have an to that? No, I don't have an answer, but I've often thought. Oh. You put your hand up like you were going to answer. Miss me, me. I know. I know. No, I was pointing to you like, hit the nail, hit the nail. No, like, <laughs> because I've often thought religions really tick the boxes for. Everything that is culty, visions of grandeur, coercive control, restrictive behaviours, isolation in many cases. You better be careful here, Michelle. I'm a bit concerned we might get in trouble. I'm just saying (laughs) I'm not pointing at any one religion. I'm just saying religion in general could be considered a little culty if you dig a little deep. Into it, I don't know. I'm yes. just saying. I'm just putting it out there. Well, fair enough. That's a good point, Michelle. Because cults will take your money, they'll brainwash you, and they'll get you to cut your ties with family and friends. And that's why I'm going to tell you all about the Moonies today. And I looked to the Britannica website for this because Wikipedia, I felt, was maybe written by a Moonie. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? This happens because I have also come across a lot of fake news when I was doing my research to mm. back to you back to movie okay so on the 3rd of september in 2012 so this month we're recording this in september 2022 so it's been 10 years mm. since the 92 year old reverend sun young moon did die he did die okay he done died <laughs> he dead he dead gone he dead he was the founder of the Unification Church, as I mentioned earlier. The Unification Church is the name of the Moonies. And they're only known as Moonies because of the reverend who started the religion, in inverted commas. His name was Moon, Mr. Moon, what? or Reverend Sun Myung Moon. What nationality? He's Korean, okay. from South Korea. He grew up in South Korea. He was born, uh, his family were Confucius followers. He converted from Confucianism to... Mooniism. Fundamental Christianity. Okay. No, to fundamental Christianity and then decided it became quite fervent. There's a lot of different things happened, but I won't go into all those details. But eventually the Moonies became famous for those mass weddings that are held in huge sports stadiums. Thousands of couples who were meeting for the first time. I mean, I saw an interview with one on an ABC America YouTube thing 
And one poor lady didn't even know the name of her future husband. She couldn't remember it. She was French. He was Japanese. Neither spoke each other's language. Mental. Do you know what? This is basically married at first sight. But Moonies, <laughs> I'm not joking. Like that is exactly what Married at First Sight is based on. And I have to say, it's my guilty pleasure. Yeah. I fucking love. Honestly, Married at First Sight Australia, it is a shit show and I'm obsessed. I can't stop watching it. Oh, it's oh, insane. There's a tip. Yeah. I'm looking for something new to watch. I'll give that a oh, go. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't watch that. Watch Blinded. Swedish drama. Season one only. Season two is a bit shit. Blinded or the new season of My Brilliant Friend has just dropped. Top viewing tips. I didn't watch the first one. Oh my God, you've got to watch the first oh, two. Thanks, Michelle. Yep, top tips. Anyway, back to the Moonies. Okay. Well, I've just finished all of Sandman on Netflix. That was fun because I read all the books back in the 90s. My daughter watched it with me. Sandman? It's sexy sometimes. Sandman. Neil Gaiman wrote all these graphic novels and now they've been finally turned into a TV series on Netflix. It's great. Whenever I think of Sandman, I just think of panel vans. Ding, 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 ding. That Metallica song. No, I was thinking... Hush, of... little baby, don't you cry. <laughs> I will sing you a lullaby. That one. Rough to never, never land. That's it. Enter Sandman. That's it. Enter Sandman. Enter Sandman. No, Aussie panel vans from the 80s. Sandman. Written on the side. No. Are you joking? I don't remember that. What? The old, if this van's a rockin', don't come a knockin'. Don't come a knockin'. I've seen that sticker before. Yeah, but it was Sandman, the Sandman panel van. Aussies, if I'm misremembering this, please get in touch. Because <laughs> Geordie is giving me blank looks. Anyway, Moonies. I'm glazed. <laughs> okay, back to the Moonies. What was I talking about, Michelle? I can't remember. It was a fundamentally Christian religion. You were talking about the mass weddings. The mass weddings, yes. Well, the church is all about overcoming racial, religious and national differences. And it became very popular with young people and young people in Japan and in the West. Okay. In 1973, the Moons, Mr. and Mrs. Moon, we'll call them for now, moved their headquarters Well, actually, the Moonies. I think it should say the Moonies. In 1973, the Moonies moved their headquarters from Korea to New York. So now it's early 70s. And by now they've got themselves a reputation as a cult. That's when the parents started to get a bit freaked out. And that's where you're starting to hear, oh, not the Moonies. I don't want her to Mm. run away with the Moonies. So the Moonies had already begun businesses in Korea. They had a group called Tongil Group, which was founded by Moon in 1963. They own ski, ocean and golf resorts, a construction group, a defense company, a chemicals group and an auto parts business. This is all in Korea. That's big moolah. Big moolah. It's a lot. Yeah. And now they're in the US in 1973. They're beginning to reach their little tendrils out. And they founded in 1982 a newspaper. It's the Washington Times, a hard right rag. Is it still going? Yeah, the Washington Times. Yeah, owned by the Moonies, started by Sun Young Moon. Because obviously the Washington Post is the big one and that's left. It's left. It's not that one. You've got your alternate view, the right side. He's doing well infiltrating the states. Yeah. Wait till you're here, Michelle. You've got no idea. Later that year, 1982, he was convicted of tax evasion. But that wasn't the end because he was only sentenced to 18 months in prison and was fined $25,000. During this time, the church are now buying up United Press International News Agency, 
They're also big hitters in the fishing and distribution industry. Their company, True World Food Supply, supplied outlets for sushi in the US. And they also have the New Yorker Hotel what? in New York and a vast real estate profile. Holy shit. Portfolio. This guy sorry. didn't need a, a cult or a religion. He could have just been an entrepreneur. He's fucking good. What do you do if you're the Messiah, though, Michelle? He is the self-proclaimed Messiah, as far as he's hmm. concerned. That's what he decided. And he's fervent. You know, he's really into this. In the 2000s, the church entered into a joint car production venture with North Korea. Holy shit. The North Korean government, in fact. Which brings me to his interest in politics, because obviously they want to unify. They're also quite hard right. In 1974, he met President Richard Nixon at the White House. And during the Watergate scandal, he urged Americans to forgive their leader for the Watergate scandal, in addition to rallying his Moonies to give support to that president. Now, he's a hard Holy right shit. guy, Nixon. In 1991, Moon traveled to North Korea to meet the communist country's then leader, Kim Il-sung, to discuss reuniting separated families from North and South Korea, which is a nice thing, I suppose. But he was also getting up in... Kim Il-sung's grill about other politics, I'm sure. He was befriending the hard right, basically, as far as I could make out. Yeah. He wrote a book in 1952, around the same time as launching this religion, called The Divine Principle, which was the basic scripture of the church. In this book, he wrote at the age of 16, he had a vision of Jesus Christ in which he was told to carry out Christ's unfinished task. And he believed that God had chosen him to save mankind from Satanism, and he regarded communists as Satan's representatives in the world. Hence, he's very popular with those right-wingers. And what does it sound like to you, Michelle? Who else Who else doesn't like Satan and is quite hard right? Uh, Do you give up? Well, I could be a number of people. Right now. QAnon. Yeah, hard right. It's very QAnon. It walks right into that arena. All this, the delusional delusions, like... The delusional delusions are out of control. But they all think they're a messiah. They all think they're God. They all think they're reincarnation of something. Oh, it's honestly shades of yeah. what I'm going to talk to you about. It's the parallels, mm. uncanny. He believed him and his wife, Hak Jahan Moon, to be the true mother and true father, basically true parents. That's what they were called in the church mm. they are without sin and they're kind of like the parents of all of the world or the moonies unit this is despite her being his second wife and rumors of plenty of extramarital affairs on his part at least loads of extra babies born of mistresses there mr moon i tell you mm. so mm. he's not exactly practicing what he preached as far as i could make out so let me go back to the weddings because that's the thing that we know about the most yeah. with the Moonies because that's quite a sight, isn't it? And that was the main vision and thing of upset in the 70s, like footage of all those mass weddings. I just remember all the hippies with their beautiful long hair marrying strangers. Yeah, it was crazy. Really polyester dresses mm. all the same, mm. all these guys dressed in the same outfits. It was a, the first large-scale blessing of around 2,000 couples that happened outside of Korea took place in Madison Square Gardens Fuck. in New York City. Now, these Moonies do not choose their own partners. I think I mentioned earlier, most of them have mm. just met that day or the day before. And traditionally, it would be Reverend Moon who would pair them up or he'd use a matching advisor within the cult who would match them. Now, this is because... 
the Moonies believe that romantic love leads to sexual promiscuity, mismatched couples and dysfunctional society. So it's better if you get together with someone you don't know. Weird. That's fucked up. Because he wasn't practicing that. He was just on a rampage. No. Exactly. I don't think. Well, he must have chosen his wife for himself because he's allowed, I Mm. suppose. Mm. But anyway, these marriages are not legally binding. You'll be pleased to know. The couples need to get legally hitched later. Right. You know, most of them are into it, so they do. The Moons, they live in a castle on a hill which is modelled on the Capitol building. It looks just like the Capitol building. Okay. They would arrive in a Bentley motorcade and it would just all be like some massive, great big Olympics opening ceremony or something. Yeah. It's all in Korean, led by Moon in a booming voice. And everyone's there singing, there's songs, there's parties. Like I said, like the opening ceremony of something. And all of the followers listen to the English translation through the earphones. And at the end, they just go, yes, in Korean when he's marrying them. Oof. The rings go on the other hand. So in the West or just traditionally wedding rings go on the left hand. But with the Moonies, they have theirs on the right. And one other thing about the Moonies, Michelle and the church, they don't like gay people. They think that's evil. So you can't be having same sex marriages. That's a no, no in the Moonies. Well, you're not going to have kids and procreate, are you? Well, exactly. After this mass wedding, Then for the couples, there is, you'd think you'd be getting to know each other, but no, you've got 40 days of separation and abstinence before getting back together after 40 days for a three-day sex ritual. (laughs) This begins with the newlyweds beating each other with a bat very hard, being watched over by officials from the church. What do you mean? It's like smacking each other around. They have to beat each other, whack, whack, whack with a bat, yeah. Fucking hell. All right. I know. There's a reason for all of it, but I didn't look into it. (laughs) Then there's the sex part, which involves lots of different positions, mostly with her on top to begin with. And they're all performed beneath Moon's portrait. (laughs) After the sex... uh, (laughs) I know. At least it's not standing in the bloody room. Yeah, true. After the final sex ritual, which is the missionary position, the bride would bow down to the groom to confirm that they had restored the lost ideal of goodness. What? So the the man's in charge. She's bowing down. Yep. Fuck that. Yeah, bow down. I bow down to you. Yes. Mm. So getting into this cult, Michelle, if you're interested after that description, is pretty easy. You would be kind of targeted, I suppose. This is where the love bombing begins. You'll be invited to a fellowship evening. And at the evening, they would teach you about all the hopes and all the good things because essentially, you know, unification, it's a great thing. It sounds ideal, right? Mm. Utopia. But they don't go into great detail and there's lots of songs and games and a real sense of community. You feel very, you come away feeling very nurtured. Then the next step would be invitations to weekend workshops, which are usually held somewhere remote. And you'd be woken early, taken to lectures, never left alone, always in the presence of others who are constantly love bombing you, making you feel so welcome, so special. And eventually that's it. Before you know it, it's the truth. Yep. And you're on your way. And you're getting hitched and getting beaten with a bat and (laughs) doing three days of sexy times with someone you've just met. I imagine there's money involved here. You've probably had to empty out your bank account. Oh, you've got to give donations. Yeah, constantly. Yeah, you're bankrolling the moons, basically. The Moonies have a family pledge as well, which is read out every day at 5am. I might just add at this point, Michelle, they don't like being called the Moonies. 
They don't like it. <laughs> what do they want to be called? Well, I'm going to call them the Moonies because it's much easier than the Unification Church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this pledge, family pledge, is read out every eight days at 5 a.m. And it's an eight-part promise to keep you in check with the church's values. In 1994... The New York Times noticed that the movement had political influence and there were suggestions of a personal relationship with conservative Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and also the senior (laughs) Bushes, George Bush, Barbara Bush, those Bushes. (gasps) They were Moonies. Firm friends. They're not Moonies as such. That would be libel, Michelle. But they were said to be firm friends of the Moons and they have often Mm. been singing his praises or together at events and things. Now, this is from The Guardian. Very interesting bit of information here. Now, do you remember what happened on the 8th of July this year, 2022, in Japan, Michelle? No. Quite a major political event in Japan. Ex-Prime Minister Shinzo Abe was assassinated during a campaign speech. Ringing any bells yet? No, I live in a bubble. Yeah, you do. The culprit, Tetsuya Yamagami, confessed to the murder but he blamed his actions on the Moonies. He believed that they were responsible for bankrupting his mother after she'd made a huge donation more than 20 years ago, which blighted his family, left his teenage years completely miserable. And Abe was the target because he'd allegedly backed the church's activities in Japan. Holy shit. Okay. Shinzo Abe is not the only conservative politician to have publicly associated themselves with the Moonies. Donald Trump, ex-CIA Chief Mike Pompeo and the former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich all spoke at an event affiliated with the Unification Church in Seoul in August 22, which is a month after Shinzo Abe's assassination. This was to coincide with the 10th anniversary of the death of Sun Myung Moon. Fucking hell. It is so much more insidious than you think. I'm telling you. I didn't realise until I started looking into it. I thought I was just going to be talking about funny sex rituals and lots of people getting married and it was only big in the 70s and it's dead now, but it's not. It's very much alive. Pompeo and Gingrich's speeches were on the value of religious freedom and the dangers of communism, which is very much in the Mooney's wheelhouse. Holy shit. So after Moon's death in 2012, the movement split into various competing factions. And this is where it gets fun. His widow, Hakjahan Moon, is now considered mostly to be the messiah by most of the Moonies. She's the mother of humankind, according to them. But so his eldest living son and his youngest living, his youngest son, his eldest is called Preston Moon. He leads a break off of the Moonies because they, none of them could agree on who should be <laughs> the leader the next in yeah, line. Yeah. The leader. So we've got Preston here who's gone off to do his family peace association. That's Mooney's, but a different flavour. While the youngest son, Sean Moon, he started the Sanctuary Church. You're going to love this one. It's also known as the Rod of Iron Ministries. So last year, the group held their Freedom Festival with top MAGA speakers in attendance. MAGA being Make America Great Again. Yeah. In attendance at this festival were former Trump advisor Steve Bannon and the former spokesperson for the National Rifle Association, Dana Loesch. They also had the founder of the far-right group Patriot Prayer, Joey Gibson, billed as the MC. And there'd be talks on election rigging, anti-vax, warnings for followers to prepare for impending civil war with the deep state, all of it. 
That is all of it. It's Q Q Q queuing at the weddings that the Iron Rod Church would hold. They would have the couples walking in with AR fifteen rifles, oh. and Sean Moon wears a crown of bullets. It's quite something. Fuck having a bouquet and throwing that to your friends. <laughs> It's a fucking gun. It's all about the guns. They're loving the guns. It's frightening, Michelle. I think this needs to be taken seriously. So I was then looking into deprogramming because there's a former Mooney called Diane Benscota. She started a cult deprogramming foundation called Antidote. Mm -hmm. And that was really in response to the QAnon madness that's been hitting since, you know, 2019. Since Trump really was in power. So Benscota was actually deprogrammed by another ex-Mooney who helped her see she'd been taken advantage of. So she's trying to do that now with the people who are caught up in the QAnon nonsense. And according to the New York Times obituary for Moon in 2012, at least 400 members were abducted by their own family members, trying to get them back Mm -hmm. from the years 1973 to 1986 and forced to undergo deprogramming to get them back. Yeah. So for me, Michelle, ultimately, the Moonies, yeah, it's funny. Big weddings, polyester dresses, not knowing the name of your groom, having a three-day sex event with baseball bats or not baseball bats, badminton bats. I don't even know what they're beating each other with, to be honest. But the right-wing political reach really troubles me. And Moon had his followers boost ratings over the years for Nixon, Bush Sr., he also loves guns. Well, he doesn't love guns. He's dead. But the fact that his son is loving the guns and all these far-right tendencies, it worries me. And that, my friend, is your moonies. Like you, I thought you were just going to be talking about this funny 70s cult, which has like long since died. Yeah. I had no clue that it was still going strong. And with really intense political reach, because I'll tell you right now, all those businesses that that guy started. They're running the show. They are. He's got big fucking dollar behind him. Oh, yeah. And the fact that a man was compelled to assassinate, publicly assassinate one of the longest serving prime ministers of Japan because Mm. of his mother's bankruptcy, the amount that she had to donate it, that's testament to how it messes up families. Drop it. I've got a story for you with a very similar, similar vein. But uh-huh. again, you know, we're we're talking about cults, and. I'm going to talk about an Australian cult that maybe had some headlines in Australia, but it definitely has not had much traction over the pond because really it was quite by chance that I even came across this cult. And the more you dig into it, the scarier it gets. But honestly, I think it's true of all cults because ultimately, you know, what you've talked about and what I'm going to talk about, it's all pretty much the same. Someone has an idea that they can somehow heal or teach people something. They gather a following. There's all sorts of weird beliefs and practices you have to go through. Bit of control, isolation, but it's dangerous stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of these people believe they've found a new system for living. But when you boil it down, it all comes down to just basically a bog standard cult, which 
pretty much sums up Serge Benhagen, who was the leader. I say was, he is the leader of an Australian cult. He's still alive. Oh, yes. And it's an Australian cult called Universal Medicine. Ooh, that sounds to me like a multi-level marketing. Look, it's a great name. And you could definitely see that coming out of Utah. But no, it actually came out of Maroubra because back in 1999, Serge, who was actually born in Uruguay, but he came to Australia when he was six. I'll remind you, Universal Medicine is the name of this cult. But the dude's not a doctor. And in fact, in no way did he have any qualifications relating to medicine. What he was, in fact, was a bankrupt, out-of-work tennis coach living in, like I said, in Maroubra, which for anyone needing context of where that is, it's a few beaches over from Bondi Beach. And in 1999, it was sketchy. Maroubra was sketchy. 1999, was that around the same time as the Bra Boys? That There yep. was all those um, terrible riots between Lebanese factions and... All that shit was going down in the late 90s, for sure. There was riots in the streets. Yep. It was known as like pretty, pretty druggy gangs, all that kind of stuff. But Serge was living there. And one day he had an epiphany while sitting on the toilet. <laughs> as you do. I know. And do you know what? Just as a quick aside here, I know that dreaming up a cult while taking a shit is maybe not the most appealing brand story. (laughs) But to be honest, I actually do get some of my best ideas on the toot or in the shower. That's a lot of info, Michelle. You know, you can get these sudden (laughs) flashes of inspiration. So I'm not going to poo-poo his sitting on the toilet. Quite literally. I, I did think it was an interesting little factoid to put in there. So it was on the toot and he gets what he calls an energetic impress. Oh God. That sounds like he needs to see a doctor. I know. It sounds like he's having a grog bog and like got the sweats or something. <laughs> but and and sorry Natty J for all the poo talk. I'm sure she's not enjoying this. But somehow he dreamed up this cult called Universal Medicine and that's where it all fucking starts. So it's basically turned into an unregulated health service provider. Okay. Now you say it like yeah okay to me, it's fucking scary. Well, to me, it sounds like you might log in these days and check out, oh, where can I get my health service provided by? Oh, there's one. What's it called again? Universal Medicine. Sounds Universal legit. Medicine. That sounds legit. Exactly. I would I would probably yep. click on that link. Well, please don't. And I'm going to tell <laughs> you why. So they've got headquarters in Gunelabar. Where's that? And... Wallong Bar. Well, I don't know those. Names. Well, they're both near Lismore. Okay. Yeah, they're both near Lismore in New South Wales, but they have made it over to the UK too, Ooh. and they've got their European headquarters, known as the Lighthouse, somewhere between Titherington and Froome in Somerset. Froome. 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 Okay. Froome. 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 Now, as I said, let's be clear: Serge is not a doctor. He's ex tennis coach. And he now claims, and this is where it gets fucking culty. He's a descendant from a great line of teachers, including Buddha and Jesus. Huh? I don't know genetically how that's possible, (laughs) but he's saying it. He's also the reincarnation of Leonardo da Vinci and Pythagoras. God, he's busy. 
Oh, he's very busy. It's never just Joe Bloggs from the 16th century who did nothing but was born, died, lived, died with a pie in his hand. It's not going to be that guy. And ate groats. No, it's not that guy. But Serge also calls himself an ascended master. And he asks his followers to call him the new messiah. Oh, jeez. God complex. Yeah. Absolute fucking God complex. But like all cult leaders, I say all, many cult leaders, he's kind of preoccupied with sex. <laughs> yes, I knew that was coming. <laughs> it's always a bit <laughs> sexy with these cults. He says he has the ability to orgasm like a woman, but ejaculate as a man simultaneously. Oh, Jesus, too much information. Plus, he really fucking likes boobs. It's just, it, to me, you want to get laid, start a cult. That's what these guys are thinking, yep. isn't it? It gets even really scarier than just like Ooh. shagging everyone because worse than that, he believes that he can cure cancer. Oh, no. Mainly breast cancer. Oh. And the guy's invented a load of weird like bizarre boob titty fondling <laughs> treatments. <laughs> it's really serious. And he calls it esoteric breast massage, oh. which he says can cure or prevent breast cancer. Which the Australian Cancer Council have come out saying absolutely not fucking true, of course. But anyway, universal medicine, and, and it's worldwide known as um, U-M, um. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> they reckon they can also treat people using other practices invented by search, including esoteric healing, ovarian readings chakra puncture esoteric connective tissue therapy and esoteric ovary massage oh yes put a pin in that because it's creepy right i can imagine but basically Serge says his esoteric healing systems are based on the occult teachings of a woman called alice a bailey who he also says he's a reincarnation of Mm -hmm. just saying and this woman in the early 20th century She actually sounds kind of interesting because she connected the dots between spirituality, meditation, solar system and healing. And she was one of the first people to coin and use the term new age. So she is a really interesting character. But the thing is, it seems like Serge has delved into her works and because she wrote books about all this stuff. And he sort of reinvented her words in his own kind of way. And, he's, and he says that kind of the modalities of universal medicine are based on the belief system that disease is caused by energetic disharmony in the body, resulting from bad decisions made in this life mm. and past lives. And he believes that there are two types of energy, prana, which is Sanskrit for life force, and fire. And he believes that anything that contains prana, which it, is pretty much fucking everything. Yeah. From music to food to exercise, everything. He says prana is evil. Oh. Yes. And he has banned most forms of music except for like Universal Medicine's own in-house. Theme tune. He's banned it all. Yeah. <laughs> Theme tune. <laughs> He's also banned things like foods with gluten, dairy, caffeine, alcohol, drugs. Boring. Yeah, really fucking boring, but also dangerous because they're on these massively restricted diets. Yeah. Which is what cults do. They make you like weak from food limitation and restriction. Yeah. And sleep deprivation and things, right? 
all of that stuff. But he massively restricts people's diets because he doesn't want their diet to affect their spiritual alignment. And I actually read that a baby in Australia was hospitalised after its parents, who were both universal medicine devotees. They put their baby on a restricted prana-free diet. No. Yep. And it ended up in hospital. And at the time, the professor of public health at the University of Wollongong and the former president of the Public Health Association of Australia, this woman called Heather Yateman, basically came out and said universal medicines, like teachings around food, were a public health issue. Yeah. Especially when they were placing their kids on restrictive diets. Sure. Because it would impact like their growth, their cognitive development, and mm. basically their kids will end up hospitalised. And that's what happened. But what universal medicine devotees are taught is that in order to be spiritually clean, they have to replace prana and and clear it out and replace it with fire energy, which emanates from the atmic womb of God. And I don't even know what that means. Mm. But, of course, you can also lay out loads of cash and okay. spend money on all the lovely special universal That's medicine healing courses and products, yeah. their teas, all the elixirs, the creams. Buy into the lifestyle. Yep. And that will clear out all your evil prana. And I read that, I mean, he personally, not universal medicine in general, but just he personally grosses 2 million plus per year, plus salaries for all his families. And he gets bequeathed inheritances, but I'm going to get onto that. Oh, no. But I want to go back to the whole reincarnation thing because he apparently, Serge apparently believes that his followers, and he teaches this to his followers, People who have abused their authority, like dictators and corrupt politicians or even just people in normal life. And Serge. Well, he if he swallows his own medicine, so to speak. Yeah, he's not though, is he? No, of course not. It's like Mooney. He's like shagging all the yeah. women. Everyone else but me. Yes. Yeah. Well, if you abuse your authority, you will be reincarnated as a child with disabilities. Oh, my God, Michelle. Paying back their karma for sins of past lives fuck off fuck off and it gets worse and i can't unravel this but maybe you can he says that sexual abuse including sexual abuse towards children is basically paying back karma from past lives oh no no i i I can't hear another word from this man it's disgusting yeah he's horrible yeah it's really fucked up now he also teaches that illness is caused by evil spirits possessing the body and he reportedly told a terminally ill universal medicine patient that an evil spirit had entered her liver and kidneys and that's why she was sick. And, of course, the only way to cure her was to get rid of the evil spirits with all the teas and shit that he – and all the treatments that Universal do. I mean, she didn't live. And apparently he also teaches couples that when a man comes inside a woman, she takes on his bad energy. So be careful, ladies. He's oh, also said, no. and this, this is guy. really fucking creeps me out. If a father is possessed by like oh, a randy evil spirit, when he's asleep at night, the spirits will leave his body and rape his daughters. Oh my God. What sort of a, no. Now, why are people listening to this person? He's clearly in need of mental help. They are. And it's all over the world. Universal medicine is now all over the world. How? It's just sick. Then he chimes in on race. He says that we all choose our own skin colour. 
And that Asian people chose yellow skin because, and these are his words, yellow signifies the intellect. Oh, my God. And that the pursuit of a lighter complexion arose when black people and black skin was erroneously identified with darkness. It's just strange. Anyway. Trying to get my head around that. Yeah. He apparently teaches his followers that if their children misspend their inheritance or if his followers set conditions on their donations to universal medicine, right. their kidney energy <laughs> will be harmed in the next life. No. So basically, oh, for God's give me sake. all your money, or otherwise you're going to have fucked up kidneys. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this person is a danger to humanity. His words are poisonous. He's a fucking menace. Oh, yeah. And he weighs in on women who play sport. He says that they shouldn't play sport because when women do, the right ovary becomes Mm. more powerful than the left. So if you play sport, you're not a woman energetically. (laughs) You're a dude. Even though you've got breasts, a vag, a uterus, you're actually a man. And of course, he has a take on feminism as well because he teaches that women are now paying the price for greater equality with men oh, in the form of breast cancer, ovarian cancer, sake. endometriosis, period issues. If you've got any of those, it's because it's your karma for wanting to be equal to men. And he says that we've all moved into much more male energy. And energetically, it's all fucking with women's bodies. Oh, go away. Go away. Do you know what I'm going to do? Horrible. Cancel it. I call it bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah, we have to cancel this dude. But I want to circle back to the whole boob massage cancer thing. Yeah, can't wait to hear about that. It's fucking dangerous because basically this guy is telling people that by engaging in this esoteric massage, boob massage, he can prevent or cure cancer, which means people are actually abandoning chemo, radiotherapy, all those other medically recognized treatments to have surge basically massage their tits and massage away the cancer Goodness me. but it doesn't work the whole esoteric breast massage thing it, it started back in the early 2000s when universal medicine started offering this esoteric breast massage programs for women with breast cancer as well as breast cancer retreats all at a price right because Like I said, he was touting that they were able to cure or prevent cancer in the breast by rekindling femaleness. And actually, I I read that a former esoteric breast massage patient who gave an interview to the Medical Observer back in 2012, she said that Universal Medicine staff told her that one of the ways this boob massage would prevent prevent cancer was by clearing all of the negative energy that men had like instilled in her and she'd accumulated over her lifetime and she said it was the most horrible thing she's ever had in her entire life so you know it's it's really fucked up Serge also claimed that these massages could heal loads of other things including painful periods PCOS endometriosis bloating water retention, premenstrual and menopausal symptoms. You just had to let him get hold of your boobs. Oh, God. When you said PCOS, did you mean polycystic ovaries? Polycystic ovaries, yep. And even though the New South Wales Cancer Council investigated all this nonsense, and 
obviously came out publicly to say there was no medical evidence that his massages could prevent or cure any of this stuff. He's come out saying, and these are his words, the breasts are emanators of a quality of divine truth that begin at the heart. The heart in connection to the pubic bone chakra, which is aligned to the ovaries, brings the emanation of nurturing out for all to have. The breasts are the window to the heart. What a dick. <laughs> to the cunt. <laughs> but really, I, I mean, this guy, he's obsessed with women's bodies in a really creepy way. And, you know, even though there is no evidence that any of his treatments work, according to a report in the Korea Mail, people have been spending, that women basically, thousands of Aussie dollars on his his healing massages and they don't work. There have been claims that surgeons come out and said that he doesn't hold his massages above medicine and that in fact universal medicine is pro conventional medicine but everything I've read does basically not add up to that yeah because they don't endorse anything more than their own practices people are dying and I'm Mm. going to touch on that in a bit but the more you delve into this the more crazy it gets because there's also another technique that he practices on women called deeper femaleness which he says, and these are his words, this particular deeper femaleness is great for rape recovery. Oh, God. And it involves, and this is really fucking trigger here, hands-on, hands-on, esoteric healing of a woman's abdomen and pubic area. No. And manipulation of the woman's pubic bone. Oh, go away, This is away, rape victims. You pervy old tennis coach, just go away. I hate him. If you dig into the UM publications, it shows that this therapy is performed by men on oh, these. Oh, I hate it. Rape victims. What are we going to do about this guy, scary. Michelle? What can we do about this guy? Let's sign a petition. Well, people have. People have signed petitions because he was getting funding from the fucking Australian government. Why? To do um, courses in Lennox Heads, which is in Australia. And the Shire got together and fucking said... Shut that down. There was a petition. They petitioned the Shire. They shut it down. Mm -hmm. So people are onto him. The thing is that a lot of his treatments have been characterised as sleazy. And one ex-patient came out publicly saying that her experience felt like a grooming exercise and they took her to court oh uh, for defamation (gasps) yep but they lost because the jury found that it was substantially true they'll be coming for you next michelle oh yeah probably i mean yeah they lost um lost because they found it was substantially true to say that serge ben hayen makes bogus healing claims and is engaged in a healing fraud that harms people and that's from the courts the thing is that like i also read that he lobbies hard to get any references to um being called a cult pulled off the internet and when you when you try and research him he's doing a good job because it is very hard to find information about universal medicine more than all of this pro um stuff that he puts out himself so they've got a really really good algorithm going on the internet very much like mlms as i said earlier yeah do you remember when we tried to investigate mlms to talk about on this eavesdropping podcast Mm. it was very difficult to get inside a lot of them because most of the information out there was either anecdotal or it was put out by the organization themselves exactly but Things have started to unravel for Serge 
and universal medicine. And he's been slapped with quite a few lawsuits. Now, in July 2020 in the UK, a guy called Graham, and they don't give a lot of names because this involves a kid. A guy called Graham had to battle legally to get custody of his nine-year-old daughter who was brought up in this cult. And a guy called Justice David Williams ruled that universal medicine was a cult with some potentially harmful and sinister elements. And that this guy Graham's previously loving relationship between you know him and his daughter had crumbled as a result of exposure to the universal medicine cult. And that uh, he had temporarily banned the mother from seeing the daughter and blamed her for failing to truly get to grips with the pernicious effect of her adherence to universal medicine and its impact on her child. And uh, they also found that Serge Benhayen, whose second wife, Miranda, started living with him when she was 14 and he was 31. Ew. So the court found that not only does Serge make fraudulent medical claims, he also preys on cancer patients and has an indecent interest in girls as young as 10. That's from the courts. Christ. And the judge also described the cult as socially harmful and Ben Hayen, Serge, as a charlatan. Good. The reason that Graham even realised something weird was going on with his kid was when back in 2014, his ex-partner asked him to collect their daughter, who at the time was three, from a mm-hmm. health and well-being clinic. And what when he got there, his daughter was under a blanket crying her eyes out the mother and another woman were standing there just watching, not even trying what? to comfort her. And he was completely freaked out. And, of course, it was a universal medicine clinic. And he was so disturbed by this that he started Googling universal medicine and came across a blog run by a woman called Esther Rocket. Turns out this woman, she's actually a blogger who basically went online and said that Serge was a creep. And, in turn... He unsuccessfully sued her for defamation in the Supreme Court of New South Wales because he claimed that social media posts she'd made, she'd made out that he was delusional, dishonest, a sexual predator and the leader of a socially harmful cult. She also described Search as a sleazebag guru and accused him of performing on her a sleazy ovarian reading uh, during a treatment session. And inappropriately touching her. She was basically talking about her own experiences and her own opinions. Yeah. Thing is, it went to court and the trial went on for seven weeks. And in court, Serge said her words made him feel raped. And that's why he felt he went after her for defamation. And look, in the end... And this was after, over seven weeks, Serge talked about being the reincarnation of Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, He said he was sensed spirits in the courtroom, you know, talked all about all his, like, crazy teachings. The jewellery found in Esther's favour and against Serge. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And they came out saying, yes, it was true that he led a socially harmful cult, that he had made bogus healing claims, that he intentionally indecently touched her and a number of other women and that there were reasonable grounds to believe that Serge intentionally sexually preyed upon her and other clients during treatment sessions. Hmm. They also said that it was substantially true to say that Serge had an indecent interest in young girls who he caused, as young as 10, who he caused 
uh, to stay at his house unaccompanied. Oh, no. He's guilty of inappropriate behaviour with children and he is dishonest. The jury also found that Serge vilifies people with disabilities. He exploits cancer patients by targeting them to leave him bequests in their wills. He dishonestly promotes fraudulent ideas of karma for self-gain. And at the end of all this, he had to pay Esther $1.2 million plus her legal fees. Nice one. But he's still fucking out there running Universal Medicine. He's not behind bars. Couldn't they have put some... Oh, too late now. It's all done and dusted. That's crazy. Yep. I feel absolutely filthy now after hearing all of that. Yeah. And look, you know, he's been stirring up shit for years because there is famously this case online. It's the case of Judith McIntyre, who had breast cancer, went to him for treatment, stopped all her conventional cancer treatment, and... She died. Oh, dear. And in December 2015, Serge appeared in the Supreme Court of New South Wales when Judith had left him money and it was challenged by her kids in court. Yeah. Because after she died, she left 600000 to Serge and a further gift of 800000 Australian dollars three days after the execution of the will. Oh my and look, it, it's kind of fucked up because sadly for the kids, Justice James Stevenson said he ruled against the kids oh because no. he said, listen, she was of sound mind. Mm. And it seemed that she had carefully considered how she should dispose of her estate. Mm-hmm. However, I'm just going to tell you here, apparently prior to her death, Universal Medicine followers got in and they were her nurse, her housemates. Oh, no. They were, became her financial planners. They were the witnesses to her will. Oh, God. And the lawyer who drafted the will and the oh, executor God. were Serge's legal team. Unbelievable. Yep. And if you go onto Wikipedia, you're going to see all sorts of other shit about more hot water he's getting into in Australia. Like I said, he got federal funds to do lectures and counselling services, Commonwealth grant schemes. He's been kicked out of like Ballina Shire Shire Council for getting money. Not that he was on the council, but he was involved Mm -hmm. with it. It goes on and on and on and on. So, you know, because they basically found that he was holding these events. They were basically being used as recruitment drives to get people in to Mm. universal medicine. So, Basically, the upshot here is people. People. It's a fucking cult. And if you're in Australia or anywhere, actually. Don't go there. Be careful. Look him up because it's really fucking dangerous mentally and physically. This person is not a good person. He's He's not not a good person. person And it's dangerous. And I am upset about everything that you've told me, Michelle. Very upset. About the fact that this man is getting any kind of airtime but what upsets me more is that those people who have died who have fallen foul of his cult and his teachings and his practices are not the last ones who are going to suffer at his hand because he is still out there www.eavesdroppingpodcast.com hello at eavesdroppingpodcast.com Email us a story. Share, like, all of that. Follow our social media. Like, subscribe. Instagram and 
Facebook. Yep, you know what you do. At eavesdropping underscore. You got that right. Eavesdropping. And that today is our ver- <laughs> No, sorry. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, on that lovely note. And like you said, you know, to give people like this airtime, I just want to make clear, I'm not encouraging this. It's awareness. So if if a loved one or a friend is talking about, oh, I've found this great wellness clinic called Universal Medicine, just be aware. Like, it's, it's a dangerous yeah. thing. So there you go. So I guess that the ultimate message today is cults. They're bad. Don't join them, kids. <laughs> I was trying to think of something a bit more intelligent than that, but it, it slipped away from me. And actually, to be honest with you, Michelle, all that's left to say at this horrible point of our story yes. is that wherever you are... And whatever you do, you just, just got to got keep... To keep. Eavesdropping. 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 Eaves